Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources with Lloyd Matheson. Utah Democrats and Utah Republicans will convene this weekend in the state conventions. These are an interesting uh, group of people that show up and are delegates uh, to both of these conventions. Uh, they are people with a unique background and skills and, a, and great passion uh, for engaging in the process. And we want to really explore today this idea that if we fail to get our civility right, our civics are doomed to be on the wrong track. And someone who's been thinking along those lines for a long time, Howard Stevenson, who is a delegate to the Utah Republican State Convention this year. Uh, many of you will recognize uh, Howard Stevenson as he served as a legislator in the Utah State Senate. Uh, Howard, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me on. This is an important uh, time in our political history of our state and nation. It is. And uh, I want to start with kind of where we are. You've seen this up close and personal. Uh, we know that Utah is one of the last states to to have this caucus convention system. Uh, and let's start with the, the positives of all of that, because you've experienced it as a delegate. You've experienced it as a candidate uh, for Utah State Senate. Uh, tell us what you've experienced in these delegates. So I believe that the reason we have the best economic outlook for the last 15 years, according to Art Laffer's analysis, and the reason during the last census we showed the greatest population growth, the greatest employment growth, and the lowest poverty rate is because of our caucus convention system. Um, and that has uh, created uh, a, a a core of elected officials that are nominated by people who understand uh, American civics, America's history, the, the Constitution, and have held elected officials' feet to the fire on adhering to those principles. And that, I believe, has, has had more to do with uh, Utah's success than any other factor. You know, when I would run for re-election seven times, uh, I was in the legislature for 26 years. Um, I, I, I hated being held in the <laughs> balance by these delegates who knew my voting record, who, who knew uh, the, the issues so well. I would much rather have had an open primary where name recognition and fundraising uh, takes the day, the, the, the most well-funded candidate with the slickest ad agency typically wins in a primary or even in general election. But we have had this nominating process until Senate Bill 54 was passed that that was the only way 
that the Republican candidates could get on the ballot. And now, of course, with Senate Bill 54, uh, there's an alternate route through signatures. But a lot of delegates don't realize that Senate Bill 54 actually preserved what we have left of the caucus convention delegate process, because without it, the Count My Vote initiative would have gone forward and would have passed by a very wide margin, totally eliminating the caucus convention system. Yeah. And so my my uh, opinion piece was basically pleading with delegates that since they are have such deep civic knowledge, they ought to also have civility in the way they treat duly elected officials as they report to the convention yeah. rather than being upset about cancel culture and now actually uh, experiencing and and getting involved in canceling the ability of elected officials to deliver their message. Yeah, and let's dive into that. And it is a great piece. We'll post this as well on uh, from Deseret.com. Uh, talking about, uh, you actually talked about a uh, an experience you had where you kind of gave them the the civics test, uh, and they uh, they seem to pass in in flying colors. So it is an educated group. It's a knowledgeable group, as you said. They would know your voting record uh, and be able to to really hold your feet to the fire uh, much easier than just doing kind of a uh, a high level, far distant uh, advertising campaign. And so I, I think there's tremendous merit there. Uh, you go on to point out uh, that the challenge uh, of late has not been the civics, uh, but the civility. And why do you feel that's going to be the real test coming up this weekend? Well, you know, uh, there's a there's a companion editorial by the Deseret News where they point out the history of booing and shouting down elected officials as they make their report or candidates as they're uh, speaking and giving their pitch for why they should be nominated. Uh that has no place in a civil society, especially if we really believe in the First Amendment. We would be willing to listen, and 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 maybe that candidate or that elected official who doesn't pass your purity test, maybe by letting them give their report without interruption, uh, you will learn more about them that you can hold them more accountable on. I mean, it, they, they might... Uh, say the very things that would get the convention to not put them forth for re-election. So, uh, but whenever we cancel uh, people's ability to deliver their message at convention, it hits national media and makes people across the nation wonder how it is that the state, which is one of the reddest of the red states, and has the metrics, economic and and social metrics that are the envy of the nation, and that's why our population is growing faster than the rest of the nation. Our quality of life is so wonderful. How that's possible when you have the majority party that will actually cancel their own elected officials' reports at convention. Yeah, such an important conversation. Howard Stevenson, uh, delegate to the Utah Republican State Convention this coming weekend, also served, of course, uh, for many years in the Utah State Senate and a, a great voice on so many issues. Howard, thanks for joining us today. Thank you. Uh, again, I, my good friend of mine always says, uh, you know, may the bridges you burn light your way. Uh, and I think that's one of the things we have to be careful of. And I love this whole idea of, yes, we do want people who have a high understanding of civics 
and all of us. That is a call for all of us to be better educated, to be more informed, to have a better perspective on what our elected officials are doing, regardless of political party, regardless of whether that office is a federal office, a state office, a local office. Uh, we do have to be civically minded and we have to be civil in the process as well. And bringing those two things together to me is the real secret sauce. And if we want Utah to continue as an extraordinary place that the nation looks to as a laboratory of democracy, we got to balance those. Because as I said to begin, if we fail to get our civility right, our civics will end up on the wrong track. That wraps up hour number one of Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. Stay with us. Much more to come after top of the hour news right here on KSL News Radio. Choice for 100 years. I let the American people down. It is too close to call. Doctor sends the Utah Jazz to the NBA Finals. We're the station for breaking news, traffic, and weather together, and conversation about important stories. KSL FM Midvale, KSL Salt Lake City. Thank you for 100 years of trust from KSL News Radio. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.